Well, everybody, here we are. And as you can see, I have properly put the, uh, the, the word help desk on our screen today, I'm happy to report. And uh, this is what we're gonna talk about. I'm a big fan of the help desk and uh, you know, help desks have a tough job. All right, they're dealing with a variety of issues from a variety of audiences. Uh, and they, they have goals too, that they need to keep in mind. And uh, this is what it all comes down to. Let's take a look at our, our, our young associate in distress here. Uh, this question comes into help desks a lot. And oftentimes, a help desk person, because they don't have information, maybe they haven't had the training, they don't have the knowledge, they immediately escalate the issue as soon as they hear the word Wi-Fi. And what we are going to do today is to unpack this so that that doesn't have to be the case. All right, so that if you're on the line today and you're in the help desk, we're gonna teach you some things that maybe you didn't know before. And not only that, but if you do have to escalate an issue to the tier three or to the Wi-Fi experts, let's make sure that the ticket is escalated properly, okay? Now, these are some of the goals of, of a help desk, all right? Low average handle time means that we want to handle the issue expediently. Okay, handle time is typically measured in minutes or seconds, right? We wanna be on the phone helping somebody for you know four or five minutes or whatever the expectation is. It's different for every organization. Some people have a target of we, wanna, we want to help somebody and, and our target is to be able to help somebody in for example, five minutes or 10 minutes, whatever the issue, you know, whatever it might be. But it's closely measured, it's closely measured. The idea here is that we wanna help people quickly, efficiently. Okay, and that's important. Not only that, but there is a small number of help desk individuals helping sometimes thousands upon thousands of employees all across an entire organization across the world. And so we need to be able to be skilled enough in order to help people efficiently. Now, along those lines, a, a number two very important goal for help desks is first call resolution. We don't want people calling back because their issue was not resolved the first time. Hey, I know you, you asked me to try, it still doesn't work. Or also within the realm of first call resolution is this idea of having to escalate. Let me take your information and we'll have somebody with the knowledge call you back, or I need to transfer you. Okay, so some of those things are some of the help desk things that we're trying to avoid. So if a tier one or a tier two person or a, a tier uh, a tier one person can 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 sniff around the edges and identify a few important things and help you and get you on your way on the first call. That's a big goal. And then, of course, third and 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 very important is to is to deliver great service with a great attitude. Okay, when you call into the help desk, those people they're not experts. Okay, we could have accountants, we could have marketing people for crying out loud calling in who are just, they need help. They're trying to get their work done. They're not experts in IT. They are experts in the field that they were hired to perform and do for the organization. And so it's your responsibility as the help desk administrator, as a person in the help desk, to provide great service quickly in not a condescending fashion, to do it with plain and simple language that anybody can understand and to get people on their way and get productive again. That's why we have help desks, and that's why we're here today. So let's talk about today's program, guys. 
The first thing that I want to tell you is that help desks don't have a ton of tools in their toolbox, right? So you got to give them a little bit of a break, all right? It's not like, oh, you know, let me help desk here. Um, let me whip out my air check and go walk around and solve this problem for you. Uh-uh, doesn't work that way, all right? Help desks have a broad set of skills, okay? And it's their responsibility with a limited tool set to try to identify, troubleshoot, and resolve. Not an easy job, okay? So this is what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about some basic concepts of Wi-Fi in simple language. And that's again the key, guys. All right, anybody who knows Wi-Fi can talk about the bits and the bytes and, and before you know it, you're just talking way over people's head. But the skill of a great Wi-Fi or a great help desk professional is the ability to take complicated concepts and to break them down into simple ones that people on the other end can understand and walk away with feeling it's like, wow, now I feel empowered because I understand something that's complex in a now a nice and simple way. So we're gonna talk about that. The second thing we're gonna talk about is the complexity of trying to help people who are working in the office for, versus working remote, okay? And I'll tell you what, guys, I mean, remote is not going anywhere. And while initially we said, ah, I can't help people remotely working at home, that tide is, is slowly shifting more and more. And not only that, guys, it's not just about working from home. What about working remote when you're on the road in the hotel? What about when you're at the conference center? Okay, those people call in and have needs also. And so we wanna make sure that we understand that there are differences between being at a home network or a remote network and being in an office enterprise designed network. The third thing that we're gonna talk about today is device differences, okay? Different devices behave differently and it's a really important concept to understand. Then we're gonna talk about where you can look as a help desk person to try to diagnose what's going on. Then we're gonna show you some things that you can try, okay? And then finally, if what you've tried is not, you know, not working, because again, limited toolbox, okay? We don't have a lot of tools in our toolbox. So if we tried a couple of things and they're not working, then we need to teach help desk folks how to escalate an issue properly and not just throw the Wi-Fi issue over the wall and say, person said they were having a Wi-Fi issue. I don't know anything about Wi-Fi, so you handle it. That is not appropriate. And we're gonna, you know, we wanna see what we can do to try to change that paradigm. All right, guys, so here's the first concept that I wanna, that a help desk person needs to understand, okay? It's just because you're on the Wi-Fi doesn't mean it's a Wi-Fi issue, all right? There are different pieces to the puzzle. All right, and they really do. They need to be pieced together like a puzzle in order for the whole thing to come together, All right? So the first thing is that when somebody says Wi-Fi, just don't shut down, all right? So first of all, it could be the client device, it could be the Wi-Fi indeed, or it could be something upstream, something part of the wired network. And that's a very important thing to understand. We're not dealing with an infinite number of possibilities here. Today, we're gonna to be focusing on wireless and we're gonna be focused on client device. Okay, and even within those two realms, there is a finite number of things that, could, it, it, that it could be, all right? And that leads me to my second basic concept that help desk people should understand. And that is that just because you can't see Wi-Fi doesn't mean it isn't there. 
okay? And there is Wi-Fi all around us. There are radio waves and things that we can't see all around us, all right? Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have the ability with the instrumentation and the tools that are available to us to detect these things that are going on. Nevertheless, okay, there's Wi-Fi all around us and we need to understand this concept because a lot of people just think, okay, I have Wi-Fi, why doesn't my Wi-Fi work? And they think they live in like a little bit of a vacuum. There's radio everywhere, guys. And like I said, just because we can't see it doesn't mean it isn't there. Check out this graphic that I got off of the NASA website. All right, Jim, you might appreciate this, right? Because I know that you're really into outer space. Yeah, and absolutely. Oh, you betcha. So guys, we can't, we can only see the rainbow. Okay, our eyes can only see, you know, Roy G. Biv of the rainbow right in here. Okay, but that doesn't mean that there aren't other colors and other things out there. Okay, so for example, if we put on special goggles and we can see things beyond red, we call it, Jim? Ultraviolet light. No, infrared. Beyond red, we see is infrared. Now, on the oh, other right. side of the yes. spectrum, sorry, I set you up. If we want to see beyond purple, okay, and beyond violet, then we can put on special goggles and we can see what? Ultraviolet light, there we have it. Exactly, yes, yes, yes. So, but then beyond that, there are even other things that we can't see, we can't hear, but it's out there, guys, it's out there, all right? So I just wanted to make that point. Just because you and I can't see, it doesn't mean it's not there. All right, now, the next concept that we're gonna talk about for our help desk friends out there is this concept of congestion. Remember, we're just gonna talk about a couple of concepts that you can put into your toolbox, these ideas that you can put into your knowledge set in order to then explain to somebody on the line who's having a Wi-Fi issue. Hmm, okay, well, you say you're having a Wi-Fi issue. One of the things that it could be is congestion. So what is congestion? Again, using simple language, we're not gonna get into a lot of like bits and bytes details here, all a person needs to know is that it's similar to rush hour traffic. There are certain times of the day when the highway is really super busy, okay, and everybody goes slow. And then there are other times at the office or at home when it's not so busy and everybody can go fast, all right? So that's an important concept that people need to understand. And again, because we can't see the cars on the road, it's very difficult for us to understand. Now, along with this concept of congestion, Building on top of that, you need to understand the difference between the highways that are available to us in Wi-Fi, okay? So Jim, have you ever like, uh, you know, looked at Google Maps when you're getting ready to go on a trip or something like that and you're like, oh my God, that highway is so busy. What do you do? Well, you gotta take a detour. That's right, you gotta take an alternate route. Okay, and so when one highway is super busy, then we try to get on the other highway that's not so busy. All right, and the same thing in Wi-Fi. If the 2.4 gigahertz highway, as I like to call it, and this is your computer communicating to a, to a transmitter out there on a certain frequency that we can't hear or see. Remember, we're just dealing with light here, okay? Light waves that we can't see because it's not within the normal rainbow. And if I'm on the 2.4 highway, that's only a three-lane highway, realistically. It's a three-lane highway. And so those three lanes, they fill up fast. They fill up fast. 
And so that's why when we teach help desks about Wi-Fi, the first thing that we try to help them figure out is do you have a customer who's on 2.4, okay? Because if they are, the likelihood of there being congestion goes up tremendously. It's a simple thing that we can detect and a simple way that we can help somebody, okay? Now, if you're on the five gigahertz highway, this is like having a 20 lane highway. Look at this, all these lanes, all right? So that's why we try to steer people from 2.4 to five. Because again, while with my, just my limited tool set, if I know that you're on 2.4 and if I can get you to five, I am thereby increasing the likelihood that you're gonna have a better experience. So very, very simple concept. And again, when you're talking on the phone with somebody, it's like, oh, one of the things that we're gonna check is if you're on 2.4 or five. Why, you might ask? Well, think of it as like rush hour traffic. And one of these highways is really got a lot of, you know, doesn't have a lot of lanes on the highway. Those lanes fill up really fast and it's really slow. So my friend, if we can get you to the 20 lane highway, you know, it stands to reason that you should be able to, you know, go a lot faster and not have this congestion, this traffic. That's a concept that a person can understand on the other end, right? When a help desk person, they can understand it. And not only that, but they can explain it using plain language to somebody on the other side, right? We, we have to get out of this mindset of jargon and using you know, all of the jargon that's available to us. All right, so that's, what, that's the, one of the concepts that I wanna talk to you guys about today. Now, here's the second concept that I wanna talk to you guys about today, and that's this concept of coverage. All right, remember these light waves, these electromagnetic waves, they don't go on forever, all right? There's barriers to propagation. And not only that, but depending upon the frequency, these light waves, they kind of go far, farther or they kind of peter out more quickly. And just like when you shut the door and the light from the hall is shining in, okay, sometimes the light just can't get to you. It can't get through. And one of the ways that we're going to illustrate this is through this diagram of your house right now. Jim, does this look like the, your floor plan or, or not even close? Uh, no, that does not look like my floor plan. Okay. Well, this looks like my floor plan because I live in kind of a cracker box of a house here. Nevertheless, this is a classic at-home issue that happens all the time that I'm gonna share with you. And again, this, this goes very far in just helping people understand the concept of coverage and signal propagation. So here, as you can see, this is the office, the spare bedroom of the house that's been converted into an office. And of course, what most people do is they will put their home router into their office and they'll put it in the far corner. Now it is likely dual band, which means that it's capable of transmitting and receiving on the 2.4 highway and the five gigahertz highway. Remember, we've got two highways. Now, when we look at signal propagation, it's gonna look something like this. The five gigahertz signal is only gonna go so far and the 2.4 gigahertz signal is gonna be able to go farther. Not quite twice as far, a little bit less than twice as far, okay? Now, my drawing, of course, is not to scale, so don't, don't uh, beat up on me too bad. This person out here, okay, maybe this is your spouse or your kid or who knows, okay, they're going to be on 2.4 whether they know it or not and whether they like it or not. And it's because their computer can't even hear or see the signal. 
They're just too far away. They are way outside the circle of propagation. Conversely, right here, right next to your router, you should be on five gigahertz, okay? Now this person right here, you have no idea. You know why? Because it's their computer's decision. Their computer is gonna hear two signals. They're gonna hear the 2.4 gigahertz signal really loud and really clear and really strong. They're gonna hear the five gigahertz signal very softly, very quietly, barely, okay? Now, if you don't have the names of the networks different in your house, then you honestly have no clue which one you're on, 2.4 or five, unless you do some of the things that we're gonna show you in just a minute. Depending upon your computer, okay, you're either gonna choose one or choose the other. Okay, if you have a MacBook, there's a good chance that your MacBook is gonna choose the five gigahertz network because it has a tendency to prefer five gigahertz, even though it's lower signal strength. And if you have a Windows computer, Windows computers are just gonna look at the, you know, blasting that awesome signal strength and there's a good chance that a Windows computer is gonna grab onto the 2.4 because the signal strength is so strong, just by default, that's all. So what can we do? What can we do if we want five gigahertz coverage across my entire house because 2.4, like we said, is prone to congestion. Well, we might go to something like this, a mesh network in our house. And mesh networks are not like enterprise networks, but they share some similarities, wouldn't you say, Jim? Some similarities. Yeah, there needs to be some things in common when you go to a multiple access point yeah. wireless LAN. That's right, so let's take a look at our house here. Okay, and you might be thinking to yourself, wow, okay, everybody's got good coverage. All right, and, but wait a minute here, maybe somebody, uh, you know, they have this setup here in their house, and, you know, when you're in this part of the house in the living room, and then you've got the Orbi on the kitchen right here, maybe you have one of those fireplaces right in the middle of your home. Right in the middle of your home. Jim, do you have a fireplace in the middle of your home? <laughs> I do not. Okay, well, I think, you know, maybe Don Cook does. But, you know, if you, if you are inside this circle of propagation and you're behind in this living room right here trying to watch TV or whatever, you're in big trouble. And if you move from this part of the house to this part of the house, again, all of a sudden your Wi-Fi might be going out. You have to be aware of these obstructed views. And again, because we can't see the, the Wi-Fi signals, we don't know that this is happening. Tip number, whatever number tip we're on for the help desk professional is you have to be uh, aware enough to ask people where they are located and for them to explain the concept of the signal might be obstructed, okay? At the office, if a, if a network has been professionally designed, probably not gonna have a whole lot of obstructions. Okay, because they did the walk, they did the site survey, and they've placed things in the proper spots, if, if, if it's a good design. But at home, we see this all the time. And if somebody says, hey, I'm having a problem with my Wi-Fi, I might say to that person, well, it could be congestion, kind of like rush hour traffic. We're going to try to find that out for you. Two, your signal could be getting obstructed or blocked, or you're too far away. We're going to check that out for you. All right, so you have to know those things. Now, what could I do in order to try to help resolve this issue if I was aware enough to know that, oh, you know what, this brick wall is probably blocking my signal. 
watch what I'm going to do, guys. Watch this. Boom. All I did was move, okay, in the spirit of John Madden, boom. Right here, I moved my access point from one side of the room, 10 or 12 feet to the other side of the room, thereby changing the circle of propagation and allowing this person the opportunity to latch on and have a good experience. Not only that, but when this person moves into the living room and sits on the other side of the couch, okay, they're going to be able to take advantage of this access point or this uh, mesh network node right here. Okay, simple concepts. And again, because we can't see Wi-Fi, we don't understand. And we're not even willing to make these little moves because we don't get it, but you heard it here, okay? Little moves like this can go a long way in helping somebody. So the question is, where are you and where is your router? Okay, is there some kind of obstruction? Is there something in the way of your signal? And again, I'm gonna teach you how to identify that in just a minute. All right, so the next concept that we wanna talk about here is this concept of interference and noise. Okay, you know like when you're listening to your radio and then somebody else turns up their stereo and now you can't hear your favorite song? It's kind of the same thing in Wi-Fi. The way that we compare 2.4 and 5 is like this. 2.4 is really loud and noisy like a sports bar. And you're listening to the game, you know, and if like you're living and if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan like Jim is, then you're really happy and you're cheering. And this is really a very noisy environment with everybody having a good time. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan like me, then maybe it's a little quieter, unfortunately. Nevertheless, you get the idea. Uh, and so it's really noisy. It's hard to hear. Again, with Wi-Fi, we can't hear it. We can't see it, but it's out there. Just because you can't see it and just because you can't hear it does not mean that it's not out there. And some of these environments are so full of Wi-Fi, it becomes very, very difficult to communicate, to transmit, to receive, to hear, to listen, okay? Now this is like, so if somebody is on 2.4, again, the idea here is that they are more likely to experience this noise and this interference. Five gigahertz, this is like Jim and his lovely wife, you know, enjoying a beautiful night out on the town. Okay, and they're having a great time and they can talk quietly and nicely with one another. No miscommunication taking place whatsoever. Okay, they can hear each other loud and clear, even speaking softly. Okay, and once again, in order to avoid noise and interference, we try to move people from 2.4 to 5. In order to avoid congestion or the likelihood of congestion, we need to identify, are you on the slow congested highway? Let's get you over to the 20 lane highway. Now, <clears throat> sometimes finds, finding someplace quiet is tricky, okay? And I'm gonna tell you this right now, all right? So in this situation, we are using a tool in order to see what's going on in the air. But again, help desk might not have this tool. So I'm just using this to, for illustrative purposes. This is 2.4 and everybody's on channel in the three lanes, the three lanes are filled up like crazy guys, okay? This is like bumper to bumper traffic, bumper to bumper traffic. Not only that, but you have some people who are straddling the line. Don't you hate it when people do that? They're like drifting over. Don't you hate it, Jim, when you, when you go to the parking lot and when somebody, they park, right on the line or really too close to the line and then you can't pull into the parking spot next to them don't you hate that 
and then you have to like basically avoid that parking spot and you have to go to the next one over or maybe there's no other parking space in the entire place but because this person parked on the line in the parking lot now you can't use the the parking spot right next to them has that ever happened to you jim it happens all the time it's those range rover drivers that you know are just don't want anybody parking next to them and it's really obnoxious isn't it it's unbelievable that's what i'm seeing right here this is somebody parking on the line jim in their range rover don right here you see that and that's no fun that causes lots of problems in wi-fi so if this person were to call you and you'd say okay well are you on the 2.4 or 5 it's not always such a simple question to get an answer to okay they don't know okay and not only that but when you say okay well i think i'm on five gigahertz sometimes five gigahertz looks like this yikes bumper to bumper traffic you know why this is the case this is because everybody in the building has the same router from the same isp you know this is like xfinity or spectrum and they hand out routers to everybody in the building or everybody in the neighborhood and they're all configured for either this channel or that channel okay look at all of this extra capacity in the band that's not being used this is like somebody put up cones on the highway and they're not even allowing you to use these lanes on the highway it's a travesty okay now i will tell you this because we had this neat tool at our disposal we were able to identify this situation and we were able to do this are you ready boom okay west side wi-fi on 2.4 west side wi-fi on 5 gigahertz and we were able to carve out a little spot right here and even though it's a little skinny channel okay that may be not capable of going as fast as one of these big wide channels all right and again we're not going to talk about that today all you need to know from a help desk standpoint is that you're not dealing with that noisy congested channel right here all right this brings us to that point of oh my gosh what network am i on this is why i always like to name my 2.4 network differently than my five gigahertz because look at this, you just say, what network are you on? I'm on this network. I don't know if I'm on 2.4 or 5. Okay, look at this, guys, side by side. All right. Now, this leads us to our next topic, which is device differences. Okay. Your device plays a huge role in the Wi-Fi experience. Okay. And again, you don't think so because you can't see Wi-Fi and it doesn't make necessarily all of the sense in the world as to why your device or what your device has to do with what's going on with your router or the access point, but it does, all right? We're gonna go through this together. All right, now this is not perfect. This is just based on experience, okay? So Jim, you know, you can kind of maybe, you know, confirm or deny my allegations. Is that fair? Let's do it. All right, so with Windows devices and Android devices, generally speaking, Okay, I'm just speaking generally here. And remember, because we're talking about help desks, we just need some, some simple rules of thumb. But generally speaking, they don't look to roam until the signal strength gets what I would consider low, which is minus 70. Whereas if you have a Mac OS or an iOS device, they generally do not look to roam for a better option until signal strength is very low, about minus 73. Okay, so Jim, I mean, this is kind of what we see out in the field, wouldn't you say? Yeah, we, we see a lot of devices that we prefer uh, would have roamed earlier at a more aggressive threshold. Mm -hmm. um, 
and they're you know often don't do that so yeah right and you know what it's just it is what it is and the reason why this is a problem at, in the enterprise is because jim when if you were to go design a wi-fi network for somebody in their building you know a huge enterprise wi-fi network you would build it um to what standard in terms of signal strength neg what probably neg 65 at the exactly. cell heads. that's where i want right. clients to uh to to roam to a better ap that's exactly right and so enterprise networks who are designed for minus 65 or i've even heard minus 67 right I mean, they're designed for Windows and Android devices, but not necessarily designed for Mac, o, Mac OS and iOS devices. And this is problematic. Okay, this is problematic. Now, if you were to go to Matt, if you were to go to Apple and say, "Hey, Apple, why do you do that?" They would say, "It's because we decided that this is what's best for you." And you'd say, "Okay," and that's that's all you can do. Okay. All right, now let's move over here. Windows and Android. Okay. Really, no preference for 2.4 or 5. Generally speaking, their algorithm is going to look towards the signal strength and kind of latch on to whatever the stronger signal is. Whereas Mac, they have a tendency to grab onto 5 gigahertz and basically hold on for dear life, uh, is kind of like what I've seen. Jim, can you confirm or deny these allegations? Yeah, that's, that's um, in general what I see as well. Okay, good, good. All right, next, with Windows, okay, you have device manager control where you can go in and actually change some settings. For Mac OS and iOS, you don't have any controls. With Windows, there are some driver upgrades that are available. And with Mac OS, you're just going to have to wait for the next version. Okay, so, you know, Big Sur comes out. And then, uh, uh, you know, what can I do? Well, you got to wait for Monterey. Monterey comes out. All right, and if something's broken, there's no drivers. You have to wait for the next version of the operating system to come out and hope that Apple, you know, fixes maybe things that got broken. Okay, so you have to know this. You have to know what you're dealing with. Okay, now with regards to the device manager, let's just show you really quick, and maybe this is more of a tier two help desk type of thing, but you can go into the device manager. Okay, and you can right click on properties, and then you go to advanced properties. And look at these awesome settings. You've got preferred band, where you can set it to prefer five gigahertz. And you've got roaming aggressiveness, where you can choose to roam when that signal level doesn't get way far low and out of range, but when it's a little bit lower. Okay, and these are not perfect settings, but Jim, I mean, I think that you can speak from experience that you've actually seen these settings actually work in environments, correct? Yeah, that's right. A lot of our enterprise customers um, uh, can improve, have improved the roaming performance of their Windows devices by changing the preferred band and increasing the roaming aggressiveness. Yeah, and you know, unfortunately, you don't have this available to you in, in Apple and with Mac. And you know, I would, you know, and I think Jim, you would argue also that you know, MacBooks, it's really kind of like it's it's a consumer device. Um, you know, when Apple designed it, I think Apple's going to have to do something in the future to try to, um, you know, conform a little bit, although that's a bad word at Apple, conform a little bit to the enterprise and provide a, a little bit of flexibility 
they you know probably won't do it again they you know they do you know they they design things a certain way for a certain reason and it's difficult for you to then tell them what to do right yeah okay so here we go for the last few minutes here guys we're going to help somebody we're going to help somebody so here we go this is our our associate in distress and she calls us up and says oh my gosh the wi-fi is so terrible and then you answer the phone and you're like okay here's what we're going to check don't sweat it all right i'm going to help you all right we're first we're going to make sure that you're on the correct network then we're going to make sure that you're on the right frequency band all right then we're going to check and make sure that you've got a strong unobstructed signal and then finally we might be able to determine if there's some kind of interference out there so let's take a look okay so here's our troubleshooting workflow here it is guys a help desk person can go to network properties and determine a ton okay they can determine a lot of what's going on okay just by making some simple assumptions it's not perfect but remember, a help desk person does not have all of these tools at their disposal. First, we can check what SSID or network they're on, home, corporate, or guest, okay? Sometimes they're on the guest network, and that could be a problem because the guest network generally gets throttled, okay, where we only allow five megabits of throughput or 10 megabits of throughput, okay? I'm not a big fan of that, by the way, okay? A lot of people say, oh, I don't want, you know, my guests gobbling up all of our bandwidth. You know what they're going to try to gobble up your bandwidth whether you allow them to, to or not so just let them go fast okay let them get on the network and get off the network but if you have a five megabit per second guest network and they're trying to download a movie that's a gigabit or, or a gigabyte it's going to take forever and they're going to they're going to muck up the works for everybody else let them go fast all right next you can very easily see in network properties what channel they're on and whether they're on 2.4 or five. Remember, a lot of people don't have them named differently. So if you go to network properties, you can actually see, oh my gosh, you're on 2.4. A great recommendation would be, let's switch you over to five gigahertz, okay? What's your signal strength? It's that little meter that you have in the corner of your computer, okay, with the little bars on it, okay? You might be too far, you might be blocked. What's your link speed, okay? This is now where we get into some advanced concepts of QAM and MCS, but the point is, is that we can actually measure the, we can actually determine the quality of the experience based upon the link speed. And then finally we do, we wanna know what kind of device they have, okay? Because devices behave differently. So here we go, guys, let's open up network properties. All right, so this is my computer right here and I have Windows 11. So it looks different. What I would do is I would click on this little eye right here and it would bring me to all of the properties. I also wanna point out here that I have my Momo Go Boom five gigahertz network, my Momo Go Boom and Momo is my cat and Go Boom is a little game that we play uh, where he does somersaults. Don't worry about that. Okay, um, so this is the 2.4 only network. And then Momo Go Boom, this is both, it's dual. It can do both. And the reason why that's important is because our printer in our house is 2.4 only. And so my wife needs to be on this network because she uses the printer every day all the time for her job. And so she is actually needing to switch back and forth between one or the other, one or the, and she's doing that all the time back and forth. She can only do that on this network, okay? If, she, if I try to put her on Momo Go Boom 5, she's not gonna be able to print, all right? That's a problem. And then of course you can see I've got a guest network in my house as well. 
So this is my wife's computer and she has Windows 10. Okay, so it looks a little different. And when you click on properties here, it takes you to this. Oh my gosh, this is a treasure trove, guys. Simple thing that you can do as a help desk person in order to get the score. Go to network properties. Look at this. I can see the network you're on. I can see your band and your channel, five gigahertz, awesome. Look at this. I can actually see some other information here as well in terms of you know, what your manufacturer is and stuff like that. And here's the link speed, 780 megabits per second. Just from this one screen, look at this. I've got all of this information to help me. Now, how can this help me? Okay, so now we move on to recommendations and things to try. If this person is at home and you're not really in the business of supporting people from home, okay, but you've asked them to open up network properties and you've seen this, the things that we just looked at, you can kindly ask that person to call up their ISP and ask them first, you wanna ask them about their plan, okay? What are you paying for? You know, 20 megabits per second down, five megabits up, and the suggestion is that if you're trying to do voice and Zoom and go to meeting, you really need to have five megabits of throughput up, and that's the absolute minimum. I had to upgrade my plan in order to get 10 megabits of up in order to do good video, okay? Also, if we're dealing with somebody at home and I just made the recommendation, hey, you know, I'm on 2.4, I don't know how to get on five, again, call your ISP, get help with setting up a five gigahertz network or help with changing the channel, okay, if it's not dual band, all right? And remember, name them differently, like I just showed you, so that you always know which one you're on. And then while you're at it, ask them about trading up to a new modem or router. You know, a lot of people, they've had the same two-in-one modem router in their house for like seven years, and they don't even think about it. When you're on the phone with them, hey, you know what? You can just take it to the store and they'll, get, they'll say, hey, you know, I need, a, I need a new one of these, and they'll give you a new one. And it's got the latest protocols and everything, okay? And then finally, know where you are in space. Okay, you may need to get closer, look around. There could be a brick wall or some other fireplace or some other obstructions in the way. You could be too far away, right? Now you're at work, it's a little bit different. Okay, you're not gonna have, you know, with work and access points all over the place, a simple thing that you can do is just disconnect and reconnect the Wi-Fi network, okay? And hopefully you connect to the one right over your, your head if you have a, you know, sticky client. At work, maybe this is more of a tier two, but you can try the device manager where you prefer five gigahertz and you also increase the roaming aggressiveness, okay? And on Windows, also a driver upgrade is a good step. Again, might be more of a tier two type of a help desk thing, okay? And if this person is on a map, just say, wow, you've got a great computer, don't you? Just, aren't the Macs just awesome? Aren't, aren't MacBooks just the sleekest, most beautiful, devices and they're going to say yeah it's like okay great and just let them go on their way okay that's the best thing to do if they're having problems at work with their mac right jim yes just, not, smile and wait, hopeless. <laughs> just say man you're so lucky okay so and then this is it guys before escalating if you have to escalate you should be able to jot down this information Okay, from the network properties, the name of the network they're on, the band or the channel they're on, the signal strength. Okay, you should be able to get that with the little meter if it's low, medium, or high, the link speed. 
and then also the make and model of the device. If a help desk person provided this information in the ticket, it would help them tremendously. All right, well, with that said, my goodness, there was a lot of content in a short amount of time, guys. But uh, hopefully, you know, you got a little bit of a flavor for how we can work with help desks so that they can work with the front line. You know, they're on the front line and they need to know how to work with the whole rest of the organization simply and effectively. So there you have it. So uh, Don, I'm going to hand it back over to you or Jim, hand it back over to you. See if there are any questions uh, before we wrap it up today. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Nice job, Eric. And uh, lots of love for uh, Mr. Momo in the Q&A. Um, you didn't even make an appearance today, but uh, always a fan favorite. Uh, and question here from Jan. He says, uh, what CWNP certification, if any, could be a uh, prerequisite for first-level Wi-Fi support desk operators? Wow, Jim, I'm going to let you handle that. I think you know the answer because we just did this a little bit, didn't we? Yeah, actually, we just did a book study internally um, on the, the CWS study guide. Um, and uh, um, the alternative is CWT which is probably what I would look at for help desk um, uh, support person, uh, because that I think is gonna go into more of the same kind of things Eric covered today, troubleshooting basic connectivity problems and uh, assisting people remotely with Wi-Fi issues. So I'd say they're both good, but I would look at CWT. A question from Keith Parsons. Thanks for joining us, Keith. Actually not a question, uh, but just, pointing out that, of course, if a wireless uh, device is causing problems, you can wire it. So if you have that wireless printer and it's <laughs> giving you grief, run a cable to it, put it over by the router and just plug it into the good old That's Ethernet. That's a great suggestion. Um, and maybe one last question from Eric. Um, he says, I find myself helping end users troubleshoot a lot of problems with their wireless printers at home. I'm wondering, one, is there anything to show that printers, specifically older Wi-Fi printers, won't connect to Wi-Fi when fast roaming is enabled? Oh, that's interesting. I've heard this, but I've had very difficult, ver very, uh, I've had a difficult time verifying it. And two, uh, he's getting double his money today. Is there anything a help desk professional can check for to ensure Wake on LAN is working on the network? Wow. Not sure, so, uh, Jim. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just as, as far as the first thing goes, the easiest way to verify a fast roaming, I assume you mean 802.11r fast transition, is uh, causing a compatibility issue with your Wi-Fi network is just do a, a quick test, turn it on, see if your printer will connect. If it doesn't, uh, uh, turn 811R off, see if the printer connects, and boom, there's your answer. Um, and uh, that is an issue with uh, you know low-end Wi-Fi clients and, and older devices for sure that you'll run into. Yeah. Uh, the second part, is there anything a help desk pro can check to ensure Wake on LAN is working on the network? Wow, I don't think I've ever really run into a situation where I needed to verify that. Eric, anything that you've seen there? No, I th I actually think there might be something if you like in Windows, if you open up a network shell, use the net sh command wlan show 
um, settings. I think that those settings might be available in there. So just do a, um, do a, a net sh show or wlan show, hit enter in a command window. You'll see the different settings or different things that are available to you. And I think it's in one of those, I think it's settings. Sounds good. Yeah. And just a few, uh, actually several comments around, uh, it's a controversy around the correct spelling of help desk. Is it one word? Is it two? Is there a hyphen? <laughs> I don't think we want to go into that. So. No, we'll save that for another day. Yeah. You know, let's not go to war over it. Let's make, you know, let's make peace. Make peace. Yeah.